You have committed the most heinous of crimes, and you have shown no remorse. The court imposes the maximum sentence the circumstances will allow. Life without parole. A woman's penetrating scream drew every eye in the courtroom. From his seat in the back, Detective Mac Jackson looked over at the family of the convicted and at the boy glaring back at him with dark, hate-filled eyes. Even when his mother's cries grew louder and the uniformed officers dragged away his father, a brutal murderer with a shaved head and a spider tattoo curling all the way around his thick neck, to begin the life sentence Judge Marshall had just handed out, the child's rigid stare didn't waver. Jackson read a warning in those eyes. This isn't finished. Detective Sean Hodges leaned in closer to his partner. Together they'd brought Bodie Allure to justice for killing a child younger than Jackson's own son. We did it! The jubilant punch struck him in the side of his leg. Jackson glanced at the family of the victim, a few rows in front of him, eyes cast down in despair, exuding anguish so raw he had to close his eyes for a second. A life for a life, that's what they'd wanted. Taking the advice of his lawyer, Bodie had pleaded guilty and escaped the death penalty. Unlike Hodges, Jackson didn't feel like celebrating. Murder left him weary. The murder of a child left him drained, used up, like somebody had sucked all the good air out of the world and extracted the energy from his body. Although he'd spent many years on the force, seen some terrible things, he never got used to the death of a child. Perhaps it was the one remaining sense that reminded him he was still human, that this damn job hadn't turned him into a machine. He nodded. Yep, we did it. Finally, he got up to leave, passing the victim's family, a broken mother and father, clinging to all they had left, their seven-year-old twins. Tears ran down their cheeks, droplets falling from the end of their noses and onto the children's heads. The twins looked bewildered. Jackson doubted they understood the significance of today. As he made his way from the courtroom, he thought about Bodie's long criminal history. The man had grown from a violent teen into a brute with no conscience, a true psychopath. Thanks to the guile of his lawyer, a technicality had resulted in his previous crime, a rape and robbery, being thrown out. Jackson couldn't help wondering if the law had failed the Crofts, if Cameron might still be alive, had the judicial system done its job. He drove back to the station in a pensive mood. Cameron Croft had been the eldest of the Crofts' three kids. Tall and skinny, he'd made it to eleven. Then he'd crossed paths with Bodie Allure, who'd snatched him from the driveway of his Sacramento home. His neck had been snapped like a twig, 
only a week after the rape and robbery charge had been dropped. Jackson switched lanes, trying simultaneously to change his train of thought. No such luck. Events soon after the murder filtered back. He remembered the family's reaction, how they'd crumbled in front of him when he'd given them the news that Cameron had been raped, sodomized, choked, and broken. He thought about his own son, Bryce, unable to imagine anything worse than losing a child. Raymond, Cameron's father, had told him he wished he were dead. An experienced officer in his mid-thirties, Jackson found telling the families a loved one had died the most distressing part of his job. When a youngster had died, the stress doubled. 